All right, that's what I have for you this morning. A couple opportunities. If you, again, we just get all that mess into the joy box, woo, and then we will sort it out afterwards and get it to where it needs to go. But we want to bless others. Remember last week, Abram was blessed to be a blessing to others, and that's part of our call as followers of Jesus. We're going to get into Scripture, but as we do, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. We're going to do a two-fold prayer. So I want to pray for the ministers and the ministries that I've mentioned to you this morning, and then I want to pray for God's revelation through his word to all of us who are gathered here in the name of Jesus Christ today. So would you please pray with me as we seek um, his counsel and his wisdom. Father, we do come here for you and you alone. Uh, we don't come because of the show. We don't come because of the uh, experience. Uh, we come for you. We want to know you. Um, Father God, only you can reveal yourself to your people. We, we can't even um, manifest your presence in any way, but yet you and your grace and your love continually pour out your blessings on us. And so today we come just to offer a celebration worship to you, to offer thankful hearts that are just um, bent toward the gospel and bent toward your kingdom's purposes on this earth. May it be that, may, may it be that great for us today, Father. Um, we pray, Father, for our sister Elaine, who right now is probably getting ready to lay in a hospital bed if she's not ready, and I know that's not a position she's comfortable. She wants to serve, not be served. I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit would give her an abundance of peace, that she would sense your very real presence in every moment of this journey, and that she could uh, walk with with you through this for whatever it looks like. I mean, we don't know what the outcome is, Father. Our desire is that those surgeons would have masterful gifts, that, that they would go beyond the capabilities of the facilities and they would completely heal Elaine and her heart condition so she could be strong and vibrant and continue to serve and love those kids in Kenya. And yet, like your Savior and our, uh, like our Savior and your Son, Jesus, we pray that your will be done in Elaine's life because that's the best thing for Elaine and the best thing for your kingdom. And so we're going to trust you with her and her ministry. For, for brothers and sisters who might be compelled to give, I pray that that is not done out of compulsion but out of a generous and joyful heart to help her offset the cost of these expenses that were not expected by Rock Ministries and that they can continue to serve and love those children there. I thank you so much for the continued um, generosity that supported that ministry all these years and how you've continually come through in a clinch for that ministry. You are so faithful to your people and to your work in this world. We give you praise and glory and we testify to that ourselves. Father, um, for our brother in Central America who's doing this hard prison ministry with people who don't want to listen and now can't even sit down, we pray for your grace in hearing the gospel. We truly pray that you would empower him to proclaim it rightly, that he could have authentic relationship and that he could break in through your, your Holy Spirit's power into those lives that need transformation. Our world, Father, is so broken because we're not obedient to you. Our world is so sinful because we don't let your spirit rule in our heart and our mind and our life. And so today, Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Central America that you would transform a nation through a simple reconciliation ministry in a prison. May you abundantly bless them. And may you answer our brother's prayer that that would be locally supported ministry, locally run ministry, local ministers sharing the gospel, even some of those who hear the gospel in prison who reconcile with those they've hurt even they would become proclaimers of the kingdom and of your goodness and of your grace and of your gospel in this world. May you do that work through your Holy Spirit's power. 
And now, Father, in the same voice, we gather here in Highland, Illinois, at Highland Middle School, to worship you and to seek your wisdom and your counsel from your word. We pray, Father God, that you would open the truth to us, that it would not be my words this morning, but your words, that that, that the things I've been thinking this week and the things I choose to say today would be honoring to you and glorifying to you. I pray that you protect every ear here, that you would help him to hear only the truth of what you are saying from your scriptures today, and that we can know you more fully and, and, and engage in this life that our faith would be proven through our lives, Father God, as we obey, obey you in everything. So only you can do this work, Jesus. This is for your glory and for your kingdom. And so we bind it up in your name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're, we're, we're in the second week of the series called The Gospel Means Go. It's this kind of overarching idea that, it, that something about following Jesus means you will be sent by him. We've kind of reserved that for the special Christians, which is pretty lame, you know, that we think that someone else gets sent but not us. And, and, and yet the Bible is filled. As a matter of fact, every story you read in the Bible is some story of God moving in this life. It's, it's not an absence. It's a presence. It's not someone else. It's the one in the story. It's the one who's listening and obedient to the Holy Spirit. And so today, I don't know where you're at in your life, man, but I hope that you want more of that, more of active following of Jesus, you know? And we would stop breaking it into those, you know, the super saints and the normal saints, man, because there's only saints. That's all there is in this world. There's saints who are following the gospel of Jesus. Um, I wanted to share with you as we uh, get started this morning a, a word from Jesus. Um, and we're, gonna, we're talking about four distinct calls in the Bible over these four weeks. This is week two. Um, but before we do, I wanted to remind you of something that Jesus said of his disciples when he sent them into the world. He ascended into heaven and he sent them into the world. And this is from Acts, um, first chapter. You don't have to turn there. You can if you want, but you don't have to. This is what it says, though. Um, they ask him, when's the kingdom going to come for Israel? They ask Jesus this in Acts 1. And Jesus answers this way. He says, it is not for you to know the time or the dates the Father has set by his own authority. But he doesn't stop there. He's not like, you're not supposed to know when it's going to happen. He says this, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. He says, they're, they're asking, when, Jesus, you've been raised from the dead. When's you, the kingdom going to be restored? When's Israel, the people of God, going to be manifest in this place? And he first says, it's not for us to know the dates or the times. And I think that's instructive. Sometimes in our lives, we're like, I'm not sure what's going on or, or what's next or what was even yesterday sometimes. And, but it's not for us to know the times and dates that God has appointed. But, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is on you and you'll be my witnesses. And there's this beautiful thing. And I, I know I just shared with you a little bit about Elaine um, and about Octavio. But Octavio has been a lifelong call to ministry. But Elaine was a late call to ministry. I think she was like in her 50s or maybe even 60s when she was called into missions work. This isn't it's something that God did kind of step by step in her life where she, she listened and obeyed and she followed Jesus. One more step, Jesus, with you. I'll go one more step with you, Jesus, until she's over in the middle of Kenya. It's this active response to the Holy Spirit's prompting and empowering, empowering by God himself. This is what we really desire. And what's amazing is that Jesus promises this to his church See, this is a promise isn't just for those who are there at that moment talking to Jesus, but he's like, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That's when you will be empowered to do kingdom work in your life. This morning, we're going to talk about um, the second uh, distinctive call. And there's more than this in the Bible. I'm just picking four random ones uh, of the power of listening to God, of listening to God in your life. 
And I don't know if you do that very well or not. Um, I think I do it poorly a lot um, to, to really pay attention to what God is doing in your life. I think sometimes we, we think we're going to go to church to be with the holy people, and we don't look around in our every day at work, you know. Um, we don't look around and see what God is doing right there among us, where he has sent us, where he's empowered us. If you believe that Jesus is your Savior, that means that Jesus is your Lord. And if he's your Lord, he's your Lord 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter where you are. That means in your home, it means in your community, it means at your job. I hope, I hope that you're experiencing that in your life. The active, present reality of God's good news in your life. Um, today I'm going to uh, read from, oh, i got a slide here for you, just so you know the page number and everything. It's going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, talking about uh, Samuel and his call to ministry. I'm going to read a few verses, and then we're going to talk about it a little bit like we did last week with um, Abram and the call to the unknown place, right? This week, we're talking about this ability to listen to God. Starting in verse 2, chapter 3, 1 Samuel. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said. I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called to Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, Here I am, you called? And then Eli realized that the Lord, that's Yahweh, was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls to you, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. It's a great, great story of a call from God. I want to tell you a little bit about the background of Samuel and how this, this I, I think, and I hope, I'm glad there's some young folks in here this morning, you know, because I think sometimes, man, we do such a bad job. I was telling Chris this morning, I'm starting to feel old. Like, I'm not just saying that as like a cheeky joke. I'm really starting to feel old, <laughs> you know, like I feel the aging process happening. And um, I don't know some of you in this room are going, you're not old yet, <laughs> you know, and then some of you are going, you're old, dude. Right? I mean, I praise God we got the whole spectrum here at Family Bible Church, but I'm feeling it right now, you know. But Samuel was a young man. He was a young man. I want to start telling Samuel's story a little bit by telling you about his background. Samuel was the child of a, a, a holy, desperate, believing woman of God. Samuel's story actually starts with his mother in the temple crying out to God. And, and she's praying to God and trusting God. And what she's trusting him for, what she's asking him for more than anything else, is a child. Oh, that you would have mercy and favor on me and give me a son. Give me a child. 
it's funny because her, her cries to God are so desperate, right, that Eli, the priest, thinks she's drunk in the temple. That's the, you can read it, but that's the accusation. She's so desperate for God, she's drunk. She's nuts, right? This is Samuel's mom. And I don't mean she's really nuts. Like, we're, we're so cynical as a culture. We see people who are holy, desperate, like desperate for God, for his holiness, for his righteousness, and we go, those people are crazy. But, you know, sometimes I think they're the only ones taking God seriously. I think so many of us are dismissive of God and his power and his authority in our life. We're just like, oh, don't be so crazy. I'm reminded the New Testament is full of people who are desperate for God, desperate for his intervention, desperate for his presence. She's so desperate, she actually makes God a deal. She says, if you were to give me a son, I would give him back to you. That's what she tells God. The word says, this is interesting, Eli's background or uh, Samuel's background, Eli blesses Samuel's mother at the temple. When he realizes I'm wrong, she's just really, I mean, because you can get kind of apathetic. You know, here's another drunk one in the temple, <laughs> right? No, someone who desperately needs God. And Eli blesses her, and she gets pregnant. And you know the story. She has her son, she weans him, and then she brings him to the temple, and lets him serve with Eli. It's interesting, because if you've ever noticed when we do our baby dedications here, uh, we quote that, right? Um, how, how Hannah um, brought Samuel to the temple. There's this giving over. We're going to talk about these things. That's one of the things uh, about the background um, of Samuel and his life. He was a very young man when he was called to God. Now listen to me, because I know if you're young, you're going to tune out in a minute, but listen to me. We think he was about 12 or 13 years old when God spoke to him. I don't know how many of you expect your 12 or 13-year-old to hear from God. But this is Samuel's story, that God was actively, presently speaking to Samuel at that age. That's one thing that I, I get kind of upset about. I feel like, you know, I, I, I want to see everyone take their faith seriously. And I'm not saying I do this perfectly in my own life, but I desperately want people to take God seriously, especially young people. We live in a culture that celebrates youth but celebrates youth and irresponsibility, not youth and power, not youth who can change things, not youth who can be listening and obedient to God and, and listening to his instruction from his word and reading the scripture and understanding through the power of the Holy Spirit. I found it interesting that it said that the word had not been yet revealed to Samuel until the third time. God is active in your life, regardless of your age, and God is speaking. We ought, we ought to be listening to him. Uh, that's Samuel's story. But I want to tell you a little about Eli's uh, background as well. Eli actually had two sons who were priests serving in the temple. They were supposed to be the high holy dudes. Like, they were supposed to be the righteous people. It was supposed to be the place where people came and offered sacrifices to God of their best. They brought their best, and that the priests would honor that offering. They would, they would not despise God's offering. But they had become so calloused and so cold toward the things of God that they were becoming very selfish. So Eli, and I'm just telling you this because this is a crazy story, but Eli has this broken background, you know? As a matter of fact, and if you read the story in, in 1 Samuel 3, you'll hear that, Eli, that Samuel's first prophecy is about Eli and his family because God has had enough of this. Some, sometimes we act, well, you know, I, I, I come from a religious family. I, 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 we've always been holy. I don't, I don't have to do anything. And, and we begin to... to 
not honor the things of God, which is equivalent to, to despising them or to hating the things of God, to having no time for that in my life, to pushing God to the margins and not letting him have a central role in our lives. Well, Eli's family had, had become that, come to that place, and, and Eli was kind of just covering for them, and, and they were just kind of doing their thing, you know? So that's Eli, the, the, the guy who also blessed um, Samuel's mother, Hannah. Um, these, these, Eli's children basically mocked, mocked God. Um, and I told you, now here's something else that's cool, and then I want to get into the actual text we read today. Um, Samuel's name. This is something, I, I love to find something fun in Scripture. Like, I love this. Uh, let me tell you a little story um, about the power in engaging in the gospel in real ways. Uh, I, I love it whenever we do youth ministry, and I find out, I remember we went and did the Christmas, the angel tree ministry, and I met David. David, whose dad was in prison. And uh, I sat at the table, and I colored with David, and I hung out with David and all this stuff, you know, and then I was like, do you know how important your name is? Do you know that? Do you know you're named after a king? King David. This, this boy, and you could see it first, you know, he was so quiet, and he was so, but then as I, I began to tell him, I, I'm not saying that like manipulatively, man, but someone named this child in hope. Not that he would be dysfunctional, have a father in prison and a mother, in, but that he would have a way forward. He would, could be a king. King David. That's still what I call him to this, to this day. Um, I remember a great friend of mine in ministry, he would call anyone named Joshua, uh, he would say, uh, Yeshua. Do you know you're named after Jesus if your name is Joshua? Do you know that's true? Yeshua is, is Jesus' name in, in Greek. Do you understand? Sit down, look into the eyes of a child, and just tell them of the power and the grace of God. Tell them the hope that they're named in. It's an awesome thing. Well, I said something here. I was, I was so excited. So now if your name's Samuel, I know a few Samuels. As a matter of fact, um, there's one that's at Rock Ministries. Oh, right? Uh, in Kenya. It, it's, it's, the actual name is named after Shema, which means to listen, and El. Shema El. Right? Or, you know, so it's Samuel, Shema El. The one who listens to God. Do you know that's in your story? Now you're not named Samuel. Like, okay, so I'm not named. I'm not talking. Did you know that every time you see a name, we sang a song today where we said, we're children of God. Do you know that every time you read a name of a child of God in Scripture, that's a name that somehow imparted to you in some way, that you're one who can listen to God, who can, who can and as Samuel, who can be obedient to God. Shema El. The one who listens. It's funny because actually when I first read it, it said it was the name of God, but it's listening to God. Or one who heard. I say that because Deuteronomy 6, 4 says, Shema, hear, O Israel. Don't forget, the Lord our God is Lord is one. It also gives parental responsibilities in that, in that same passage. Listen to God, parents. Listen to God, children. Don't forget your great heritage in Christ. Powerful, powerful stuff. All right, so in, in, in 1 Samuel 3, the Lord, Yahweh, calls out to Samuel. I want to tell you a few things that I see in this about God's call. And you, you can make up your own mind, man, and pray for God's 
the Spirit's discernment, right? You can understand Scripture. If you don't think you can, pray. Uh, that's my instruction to you. Before you read the Bible, pray. God, show me something here I need to have. Teach me something from your word today. He will answer that prayer for his glory. Well, today we hear that the Lord called, and as I said, he was about 13 when God called to him. Um, but I love that Samuel misunderstood God three times. <laughs> if you're like me, like, I don't know, like, I want to get it the first time. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if the third time I heard God talking to my life, and, and I had to go over to somebody, and, and they had to tell me, wait, it's God, I would be so embarrassed I don't know, you know, if I'd even want to say anything. Oh, how could you miss God's call three, time in your, three times in your life, right? Three times. That's not a joke. Like Yahweh, the God who made everything, who came into his temple and spoke to this boy, and he was like Samuel. And how can Samuel think that the voice of Eli is the voice of God? How can he confuse those two things? And yet Samuel in this moment completely lost. And it even says he didn't understand the word yet because it hadn't been imparted to him yet. Here Samuel misses the point completely. And maybe that's you. Maybe today you've had those nudges, man. I remember whenever I was not believing in Christ, I'd feel God push me, pull me, drag me toward him, and I would just resist, and I would be like, that was weird, <laughs> you know? But that's not God. That was just some weird thing that happened at church or some weird thing that happened at camp, but it's not God. Listen, three times he got that wrong. How many times will you and I get it wrong when God's speaking? Do we even expect to hear. Isn't it interesting that Samuel didn't expect it? If you're 13, 12, and you're here today, you're maybe 14, 15, and you think, Bill, I've not been listening for God, really. You're in good company. Neither was Samuel, right? He ran into his dad's room. Knock, knock, knock. Did you say something to me? <laughs> no. I said his dad's room. It really wasn't his dad, was it? It was his adoptive father. It was his spiritual father. It was his temple father. Talk about that a minute. Samuel was left at the temple when he was a boy? What's that really like growing up? I love the imagery in the scriptures that he slept in the temple next to the ark of God. <laughs> like if you're in Israel, that, there's no holier place. You guys remember Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom or whatever that one was where they had the ark and the guy's faces melted off when they opened it, right? That's a scary box. But for Samuel, it was like his nighttime blanket. You know what I mean? He was snuggled up next to it. You know, like, if there's a safe place to be, it's like next to the ark of God. Like, that was his, and I, I get this vibe from the, the text that he was like on the floor. Like, what does it mean to have had your parents turn you over to God in such a profound way? I don't even have the answer for that. But I just sense in Samuel, because I, I would think abandonment issues, <laughs> you know? Why would my mom and dad leave me here for this? Who's this guy, Eli? Think about it. It'll be the only daddy you ever knew. Saw mom once a year. Mom and dad, and they had the journey in once a year. Craziness. And into that young man's life, God speaks. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um... Laying, laying on the floor as a young man and not listening to God. Okay, so I've made a big deal out of Samuel not getting it, but get this, man, this is even cooler. You know what's cooler than you and I not listening to God? God's ridiculous patience in telling us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and maybe it's just me, but I would think God would be more like, Bill, 
All right, forget it. David. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how long does God want to invest in one dude or one lady? How many times is God going to waste his breath on you or me? You know what this story tells me? As many times as it takes. <laughs> Samuel. Samuel. Samuel, wake up. Samuel. Samuel, it's me. Samuel. Wow. I mean, the unbelievable patience, tolerance of God to arouse us from a slumber. People have told me, Bill, I've been in church my whole life, but I've never really understood. I just went because I was supposed to go. I've never woke up to the truth of the gospel. Or people who are young were like, I don't even know how to listen to God. Can you help me understand that? And I'm not saying I have the answers, but I'm saying God is saying to all of us, wake up. Listen to me. And he's enduringly patient in his offering. Wake up. Wake up. People have talked to me about end-of-life issues, and they've said, how can, how can God send someone to hell? Man, by the time you get to hell, do you know how many times you've had to overtly rejected God? Do you know how many times? It, it must be a crazy number. I mean, in, not just out loud, you know, I don't believe in you like that, but I mean like in your heart, in your life, rejecting him, rejecting his truth, his revelation, his people, his word, scripture, authority, you know, your own submission, just repeatedly rejecting him over and over again your whole life until it's a pattern of rejection? How many times? The good news is, all it takes is one time to accept. Speak. Your servant is listening. That's what Eli unlocks. Hey, Samuel. Man, Eli, Eli from this place of brokenness with his own kids looks at this young boy in his temple and says, wait a minute, the God of all creation speaking to you. When you go back, say those words, speak. Your servant is listening. That brings me to my next point about his call, and it's this, that God doesn't continue the conversation with Samuel until Samuel is listening. Isn't that striking in the text? It says it right there. Until Samuel goes and says, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, God isn't going to continue the conversation. He's not going to keep talking. He's not going to waste his breath. He's not going to tell you the plans, the stories, his hopes, his dreams, his desires. Until you're listening to him. Until then, it's just Bill. Bill. Bill, you know what I mean? Have you ever had that in your life? Someone just like, mom, mom, mom. I know moms have had that, right? Dad, dad. I'm just kidding. Dads don't hear that. <laughs> moms do. Dads don't hear that. It's a gift. <laughs> Speak. Because your servant's listening. What powerful words. What ageless words. If you're 65 or you're 16 or you're 6, if you think you got it all, you think you got nothing, speak. Your servant is listening. Words that honor God and take him seriously. Man, beautiful, beautiful reality. One other thing. I love that Eli, that Eli was there for Samuel. And I think that's part of the call to be the church, to help one another listen for God. 
If you're in the room and someone is struggling or someone is questioning or someone is seeking, your job is to encourage them in that seeking or that looking or that asking or that listening for God. And Samuel has Eli there, and I wonder in your life, do you have people around you who encourage you to listen for God? Or they, do they just ignore God in seriousness and just shut all that out and say, just go on with your life and ignore it? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about those religious kooks. Or don't worry about those, those high, holy, Bible-thumping people. Don't worry about it, man. Just live your life. Because that is not godly counsel. No, listen to God. Obey God's command. And I'm not saying that as one who imposes it. I'm saying the one who listens with you. Listen to what God is saying. When we ask questions about things we should do, we're listening to God. All right. What is the impact of this call? Well, I think one thing that's really cool, and it happens actually um, toward the, the end of that. Let's see. Um, there's some stuff where he tells Samuel the truth. That's actually one of the things we're going to talk about too. Um, but it says, from that moment, he, it's in verse 19 of chapter 3, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. Man, isn't that beautiful? And he let none of his words fall to the ground. Like, that's one of the realities of Samuel answering his call, is that his words were no longer useless. I love the analogy of words falling to the ground to what be trodden under, you know. From that moment of being obedient to God, Samuel's words mattered. The things he said mattered. The way he behaved mattered. One of the impacts of the ministry. Samuel became a great prophet. And matter of fact, the first major prophet for Israel. He went all throughout the nation prophesying in the name of, of uh, God. And, and this was a, a, an empowering he got from the Holy Spirit of God because of his listening and obedience, because of God's grace to him in Christ, this anointing that he received from the Father. The first major prophet, I said, he also um, was one who anointed King David. He anointed Saul also, but he anointed later King David. Samuel got to be part of that big, huge story of God and God's people um, because of the call and because of his response to the call as a young man in the temple of God. Um, here's the other thing, though. Um, Samuel had to say hard things to people he loved a lot. And, and I want to just spend a second here, and then we're going to wrap it up. But Samuel really had to say something hard right away. I told you, the only daddy ever knew was Eli, right? And the first word he hears from God, after he says, speak your servants listening, God says, say to Eli, your sons have betrayed me. And because of this, you'll be cut off. Your family, your, your, your family lives are going to be shortened. Do you remember what it said in, in the very beginning? It said, it said his eyes were dimming. Is that what the word said? It was in the beginning of chapter 3. It said, um, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, that was, that was part of this reality of the ending of Eli's ministry and life because of the disobedience of his kids. His family was being cut short. His lifespan was being shortened. This reality. So, so Samuel tell, or God tells Samuel this reality. He says, tell Eli, this is what's happening. Don't be mistaken. You're growing dim because you're getting weak because you're, you're, and your family is going to be cut off because of this disobedience. Now, that would be hard, right? Samuel, as a young 13-year-old, 12-year-old boy, goes to Eli, his mentor, his father figure, I mean, his spiritual father, the man who told him to listen to God, and he had to say those words to him. And you know what I loved, though? Eli, the man of God, and Eli was a man of God, said, tell me the truth. Man, I want to hear the truth. I don't know if you are thankful for people. You know, the Bible says, speak truth in love. I thank God for people who tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. 
Let me know what's going on. And here he says, Samuel, tell me the truth, what God told you. Could you tell Samuel is struggling? So Samuel told him, God said you're done. God said you're done. He's done. He's done with you because of your sons. People who listen to God often have to say hard things to other people. Not unloving things. We live in a culture that thinks that we, we coddle each other enough, but it's love. If I'm soft enough, it's love. If I'm, if I'm gentle enough with you, it's love. No. Jesus didn't act that way. He rebuked people. He told them that you're believing lies. He called them to account. He called them to holiness. He called them to righteousness. He called them to obedience. He's not soft. He's loving. I love it when I'm loved like that. I don't know if you have those kind of people in your life or if you are one of those people and not speaking truth without love, but speaking truth in love. So something you have, may have to do. Here's what I'll close with. Do you believe fundamentally that your presence is a miracle of God? Do you believe that you are a miracle of God? I don't know that many of us believe that's true. We just think we're another, you know, shot in the waistband of life. You know what I mean? Just another body in the ground and it's all over. Nothing can be further from the truth. You are, you are God's idea. You're God's idea. I hope you're listening for his revelation in your life. I hope you're saying what Samuel said, speak because your servant's listening. That's the other question. Do you listen to God? Do you surround yourself with people who are listening to God themselves and then help you in turn listen to God yourself and who aren't going to abandon you if you don't agree what you're hearing, is what they're, but you're going to keep listening together? Are you sure that's what God is saying? Let me pray for you as you go. Are you sure that God's calling you in this way? Are you sure that God's got you on this path in life? And that's not ministry. That's life. Job changes. Are you sure God's in that job change? Are you sure God's in your motivations with your spouse? Are you sure God is in your parenting? Are you sure God is in your child being? how you love your parents. We need people around us to teach us to listen and love well. Um, I, I'm, and I'm going to say, plug family groups. Man, it's happening in my family group. I love it. I need it. I need accountability. I need somebody there with me. It's happening in men's ministry. They need it. I know it. Women's ministry, need it. Know it. Know, need to be known. Need to be loved through everything in life. A God who doesn't quit and people who listen with us and don't quit either to call the gospel. And then do you respond when God speaks? Um, I hope that you do. I, I'm going to close. And I know I've been a little long today, but man, I hope that you listen today. And I hope, and I want to say something, and I hope if you're here, and maybe you're like, you know, Samuel, and the word of God makes no sense to you, and you don't understand but right now you're feeling that prompting of the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. You might say something else. It's, you know, something else. You know, it's a feeling I get it when I'm gonna, I get convicted. No, it's God. It's God in your life. I'm gonna invite you to respond today to believe the good news of Jesus, to believe that he's enough for you, to believe that he has called you to follow him and that he has got a, 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 a word or a place or a, a position or a, a role in his kingdom. I don't think God makes useless people. I don't think he calls useless people either. So today, if you feel compelled, I'm going to invite you to respond. I'm going to invite you to respond right where you're at, but I'm going to invite you to respond to the word of God today. And then I'm going to pray that God would lead us all as we follow him. Uh, pray with me if you would. Father, we thank you so much for this time of worship and time in your word. We thank you for the great revelation that you've given your people 
thousands of years of revelation through your scriptures that would not be thwarted by, by, by evil and cunning men, but that would be continually revealed by the power of your Holy Spirit that would even transform a sinner's heart. For my brothers and sisters who may be here today who don't believe, I mean, for the people right now, and I know there's somebody here right now that's just going, no, 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 not me, not going to do it. Father God, would you break through in their life? Would you teach them? Would you maybe teach them tomorrow or Thursday this week? Would you show them something that would just rock their world and cause them to pay attention to you, to wake up and respond to the gospel? And for those who are here this morning ready to respond, would you compel them to believe this morning? Compel them to believe the good news. Um, For so many of us, man, I remember Father being so far and yet so close to your holiness. And you invited me in. I thank you for inviting my friends in this morning. As we respond to your word, would you teach us? Would you share the truth with us? Would you compel us to go where we're called to go and do the things we're called to do? And uh, I pray that we would be obedient, all of us, that we'd be obedient to your word, obedient to your call, and obedient to your son. We pray this in his holy name today. Amen.